0: All right, let's jump into this Thursday edition. Welcome in, everybody. Mike Steely out here at Cavens Group. You've got uh, Parker back in the Buffalo Wild Wing studios. Big news to talk about here in a minute. Cavens Group is a place we love to be on Thursday. Gary and the crew, always very welcoming out here. Great reputation throughout the state and in other states as well for the work that they do. What is Cavens' focus on? Fire, water, mold remediation and restoration, emergency board up and tarping, commercial maintenance, roof replacement and repairs, and roof inspections as well. And they are the very best in the business. They'll do great work for you, 405-573-3048 in the Norman, Oklahoma City area, and in Tulsa, 918-282-7612, online at cabinsgroup.com, C-A-V-I-N-S, Group. We'll get Gary on a little bit later on in the program. And uh, they've been busy with a lot of cleanup and restoration uh, projects and more roofing jobs. Also, Chris and the crew here do a great job there, roof replacement and repairs and roof inspections. All right, Brent Venables trying to restore the Oklahoma football program back to uh, the glory days where maybe they can... uh, Win themselves a national championship. They haven't won one since uh, the year 2000. That's a long time. And last year, six and seven, certainly a disappointment, but a lot of belief still out there. And uh, Brent has uh, recruited very well. Last year, the number four class in the country. And Parker, Oklahoma, has moved up to number 23. In the uh, national rankings with another edition today, we've been talking about Zion Kearney, the wide receiver, 6'3", 195 pounds out of Missouri City, Texas. Really good get, four-star kid for OU. And Emmett Jones, man, that dude is on fire right now.
1: Emma Jones is on quite a heater, Steely, and we talked about it earlier in the week. There are individuals on the Sooners coaching staff. Obviously, look at what Brandon Hall did late last cycle. Look at what Jeff Levy's done building the quarterback room, and obviously DeMarco Murray with the running backs. They, across the coaching staff, the Sooners are having a ton of success on the recruiting trail, but right now today, when you look at the trajectory of the last couple of weeks, there is not... And an Oklahoma assistant that is recruiting better than Emmett Jones. KJ Daniels last Wednesday, Brennan Thompson on Monday, Zion Carney this morning. So Emmett Jones very much settling into his element as Oklahoma's wide receivers coach long before he has ever coached a game on the field for the Sooners.
0: Yeah, very impressive. And you look at what they got. I heard uh, Tyler talking about this the other day, again, that according to Mike Brooks, and uh, Mike Brooks knows his stuff, Brennan Thompson will be, he thinks, the fastest player to ever come play at the University of Oklahoma, the wide receiver who came from Texas out of the portal. Uh, K.J. Daniels, the wide receiver commit they got uh, from Franklinton, Louisiana, not long ago. He's 5'9", and he's only 150 pounds. But guess what? He is a speed merchant as well. And then you look for a guy with some size, with great ability, Four-star Zion Kearney looks to fit that bill. Missouri City, Texas, the Houston area, they produce some football players. And uh, Kearney ranked uh, the number 22 wide-receiving prospect in the country. So Oklahoma's class, uh, Parker, moving up now 23rd in the national rankings. And that doesn't even factor in, obviously, Brennan Thompson, right?
1: Yeah, Brennan Thompson, I don't know where or when he will factor into the, I would I would figure he actually is included in the 2023 rankings when his transfer is finalized and input into the class data, but again, in 10 days, Emmett Jones has added three wide receivers to his room at Oklahoma, all of whom bring a ton of speed to the table, and Daniels, very much your traditional slot guy, uh Hollywood Brown is one of the rare guys at that size that has been able to effectively play outside. Maybe that's what Daniels becomes, but in the short term, a burner, the type of guy that you just get the ball to him in space. Uh, You let him run underneath, create separation, and pick up yards after the catch. Thompson, so much you can do with a guy that's got his explosiveness and straight-line running ability. And then Incarnia, a very complete wide receiver. Steely, six foot three, a lot of size, a lot of speed, elusiveness, agility, ball skills. There's a reason why he is the highest-ranked wide receiver that Emmett Jones has ever landed as a recruiter. And as of right now, the highest-ranked wide receiver commit for Oklahoma since Mario Williams back in the class of 2021. He is a very, very talented football player. And the fact that Oklahoma was able to lock him down this early in the cycle, before he ever got the opportunity to take any official visits, that just speaks to the reality that he's bought in. And you saw it in his commitment video. He, I don't know if you got the chance to watch the video that he posted on I did, Twitter, yeah. Steely, but yeah, he's in, he's in Brent Venables' office cashing in the chip, right? Yeah, so he's yep. he's all in with OU and. Got the chance to catch up with him last night to talk through the decision, and one of the things he told me is the guy he's primarily working on trying to get to Norman with him is his teammate down there at Hightower, four-star running back Jeremy Payne, one of many that DeMarco Murray is pursuing in the class of 24.
0: All right, in uh, terms of receivers left in this class, you're looking uh, certainly in Bryant Wesco's direction. Where does Oklahoma stand there on him? And that, you know, he's a five-star kid, ranked as a top-ten player in the country, not as it, at his position, but just one of the top-ten prospects. So those usually take a while. What's the status with OU and uh, Bryant Wesco now?
1: Well, here's what's not helping the situation, Steely. OU is going through some upheaval within the women's soccer program. And one of the things that we talk about repeatedly with Bryant Wesco is that he's got a sister who plays soccer at Oklahoma. Well, Joe Castiglione fired Mark Carr last week. Uh, From everything I've been told, the search and the pursuit of a new head women's soccer coach has not been the most streamlined of processes. Peyton Bowen's girlfriend just decommitted last yeah, night. Yeah, I saw so everybody was
0: freaking out about that.
1: Yeah, listen, Peyton Bowen's not going anywhere. People need to cool their jets on that. But I I guess of the two players whose status with Oklahoma is significantly influenced by the women's soccer program and who is on the roster there, I'm far more apprehensive about the ramifications that it could have on Bryant Wesco. Than Peyton Bowen, so yeah, just another just another layer to the saga on Bryant Wesco And there's always so much red tape you have to cut through in general when you're dealing with five stars anyway. But this only muddies the waters a little bit more. That said, Oklahoma is still the leader in the clubhouse. It'll probably be a while before that even has the opportunity to change.
0: All right, so the Sooners with now six in the class that have committed, four-star cornerback uh, Jeremiah Newcomb, four-star quarterback Michael Hawkins, three-star wide receiver K.J. Daniels, three-star offensive tackle Isaiah Autry out of Tupelo, Mississippi, four-star safety uh, Jaden Hardy out of Louisville, Texas, and a four-star wide receiver Zion Carney now, six-three, one ninety-five, 195, out of Missouri City, Texas. All right, I'm here at Cabins. Uh, we'll play the Brent clip in the next segment. But is this going to be the last commitment for a little while? What do you think? Is there somebody else that's in the pipeline that could commit, or are we going to have to wait a while for the next one?
1: I think Xavier Robinson will probably be committed May 10th somewhere by the end of May. Uh, not Probably not going to be May 10th, from what I'm told. Uh, but... Xavier Robinson is the odds-on favorite to be next in the boat. Outside of that, Steely, I think you're probably waiting until June to get your next commitment. I think May will provide a bit of a lull.
0: Champion barbecue would be maybe the next time to, to look at that happening. So, uh, it, Robinson would make it 7 for Oklahoma. Uh, they had said, you know, May 10th, he had put that out there, and you were talking about it yesterday. You didn't think it was going to happen on that date, but it's still looking like a really good situation for OU, though, right?
1: Yeah, very much is, and he'll take a couple official visits. I believe the beginning of May is when you can start taking OVs. A lot of kids don't do it till June, but uh, May is when you can start taking OVs. I think you'll probably see Xavier Robinson take a couple OVs uh, during the month of May, and it, this is an Oklahoma-Iowa State battle. Right now, OU certainly has the upper hand. I know Robinson mentioned Oklahoma State as a finalist as well, but this is really going to come down to OU and Iowa State down the stretch. And Iowa State has done a good job recruiting Xavier Robinson. I will say that much. All
0: right, there you go. We've got a lot happening today, a ton of Sooner football. We've got T.J. Eckert coming up at 135. 135. Uh, Ktul TV sports director will be joining us here in a little bit. Next hour on the Riverwind Casino Hotline, uh, NBA basketball last night. How about Miami closing out Milwaukee? Man, the Bucks really blew it in both fourth quarters in the last couple games. Jimmy Butler was amazing again last night. Giannis had thirty-eight and twenty, but struggled mightily from the free throw line. And uh, everybody's talking about you know Giannis saying afterwards there there are no failures in sports. No, that that was a failure in all caps. You're the one seed. You're playing the eight seed. The eight seed losing Tyler Hero for the rest of the uh, the playoffs, and you lose in five games. That's a failure, no doubt. Golden State takes a 3-2 lead over Sacramento. The Lakers still lead 3-2 but lost in Memphis last night. The Knicks closed out the Cavaliers. We have one game tonight, Boston going to Atlanta, thanks to Trey Young's big uh, three that was from another county uh, against the Celtics the other night. They are back for a game six in Atlanta tonight, 7.30 on TNT. Okay, uh, NFL draft obviously is happening tonight as well. We'll talk about that, what could happen with Anton Harrison, Marvin Mims, Wanya Morris. Eric Gray, Braden Willis, Jalen Redman. Uh, we'll talk about that. Certainly the only name you might hear tonight would be that of Antoine Harrison. Here so at Cabins, hold
1: up, Steely. You're saying Justin Broyles is not going to be a first-round draft selection? I
0: think he might be an undrafted free agent. I'm not positive, <laughs> but that would be my guess. That would be my guess. All right, we also want to thank uh, Lasher Home Comfort Systems, Tim Lasher. Great Sooner, great company. They'll do big-time work for you. Heating and air issues, you need those resolved, they'll get it done for you. 405-579-3113. That is 405-579-3113. All right, uh, we're going to hear from Brent Venables when we get back. This soundbite I thought was pretty interesting. I want you guys to react to it. on the text line. We've got a lot coming up today. Going to be a busy day and hopefully a really good show on this Thursday. Keep it here on The Ref. There you go, a reaction to the mouth of the South, Paul Feinbaum, what he said the other day. Very interesting stuff. All right, uh, 405-651-3439. I'm here at Cavins. Pa- uh, Parker is back in the Buffalo Wild Wing Studios on this Thursday edition. Caven's Group, great reputation. They're so invested in the community. They've given back over $400,000 over the last five years in the Norman, Oklahoma City community and around the state as well. CavensGroup.com on all social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, their website, CavensGroup, C-A-V-I-N-S, CavensGroup.com. You can reach them here in the Oklahoma City metro area. 405-573-3048, and in Tulsa at 918-282-7612. Fire, water, mold, remediation, restoration, emergency board up, and tarping, they can do that. Commercial maintenance, they're also great with uh, roof replacement and repairs. My man Chris Smith will get you taken care of, and roof inspections. All right, interesting uh, what Brent had to say. Parker, your guy, uh, R.J. Young, uh Brent uh had some really good stuff in that interview though. As you know, Brent will take one question and you've got to cut it down from seven minutes to about ninety seconds. But this is pretty much uh the one that I really liked. Uh, you know, because Sooner fans obviously there there's still a lot of Brent belief out there, but there are some naysayers that are like six and seven, are you kidding me? Jeez, I mean come on. Uh, Oklahoma should never be six and seven. Brent said obviously he is very aware of the expectation at Oklahoma and he's looking for a lot more progress this fall. Just focus on doing your best, don't be outside in and comparing ourselves to Texas or the Big 12 to the SEC. None of that stuff matters. You know, we got to get it right, right here in this building. I got to get it right, right here in this office. That's where I think six and seven taught us a lot. You know, everybody. In a program, there's there's nobody that has a clear understanding of of what the expectations and what the standards are here. You know, there's all different kinds of ways to get there,
2: and and you know my job is to recreate that, and uh, and you know it, it can't happen fast enough for me. But I don't see, I don't look for what's the quickest way we can do that, the the easiest way to do that. You know,
0: I'm not going to compromise. Uh, the my beliefs, my values, the things that I know inherently, what it takes to be successful for the long haul. There you go. So, Brent, obviously what he's saying is, look, if you want uh, long-term success, you really want to compete in the SEC, and he's been saying this for a while, from day one, really, you've got to build that strong foundation. That foundation was a lot weaker than we thought, and we knew it was pretty weak, but we didn't know it was as weak as it was until we saw – what happened with the roster turnover last year and Oklahoma just not winning those close games? And details matter in that respect. But what you're hearing from Brent is, look, man, I'm still going to do this my way. I know it's the right way. Uh, you know, that's the way we did it at Clemson. That's the way Bob Stoops did it when he took over the OU program, you know, uh, change the culture and uh, I know there, there's not 100% belief out there right now, but I still think most Sooner fans like what they hear. But this obviously is going to be a big year. You want to see some results. And Parker, I think, especially based on what we saw in the spring with the defensive newcomers, I, I think there should be, uh, you know, an optimistic outlook for this season. I think they got a chance to come back and really, uh, you know, I don't know if they'll be TCU of a year ago, but I think, you know, based with the schedule and the newcomers coming in, They should be a lot better.
1: No, I'm with you, Steely. And one of the things that I continue to go back to when we try to project ahead to 2023 for Oklahoma is the schedule is obnoxiously easy. To the point where you look at Texas and TCU, and those are really the only two games that you're probably apprehensive about if you're a Sooner fan. I don't think... Oklahoma is going to be intimidated by Iowa State or Cincinnati or SMU or BYU. And so looking over that schedule, it's very evident that if the Sooners take even measurable strides on the defensive side of the ball, and as long as they can eke out a few of those one-possession games that they didn't win a year ago – This is going to be a football team that wins double-digit games, and that's not to say that they're going to be world beaters, because I don't think they will be in 2023. I think they've got a ways to go before they're in championship contention again, but there's no reason why this team can't win double-digit games this fall, especially when you look at the schedule in what should be a very soft Big 12 overall.
0: Yeah, I, I agree with that. And by the way, the Brent clip was our Ortho Central clip of the day. Ortho Central does a great job. They have, of course, had the long-term clinics in Norman and Midwest City. Now they serve Newcastle, Tuttle, and Blanchard. The Tri-City location. These full-service clinics treat orthopedic and sports medicine injuries. I, I'm a little bit worried about Provo, you know, because of OU's track record against BYU, and I know it's been a long time since they played BYU. But 0-2 against uh, BYU. And just that setting, and they'll be fired up to play Oklahoma. But, yeah, the, the makings of a, a Cinderella kind of comeback season are there. There are a lot of the ingredients. I think they're going to be better on defense. I think Dylan Gabriel, you know, I think he'll play a little bit better than he did a year ago. We know he's not a superstar. We know he's not in the same ballpark, obviously, with Sam Bradford and Jason White and Kyler Murray and Baker Mayfield. But he's good enough to win you games if you play better defense and make less mistakes, Uh, you know, in the important junctures of games, which Oklahoma did time and time again last year. But I like what they have uh, coming in help-wise, especially on the defensive side of the ball. And, you know, you should be able to navigate that non-conference schedule without any problem. The game at Cincinnati, it's not a Luke Fickle Bearcat team. They should be able to take care of that. If you can go into the Cotton Bowl, and you beat the Longhorns, then you know, you're you're looking at what could be, and I underlined that about five times, but what could be a really dramatic turnaround if you can get that done?
1: I I think here's the thing, Steely, if Oklahoma does win double digit games this fall, there will be people, especially nationally, that look at that as a dramatic turnaround. And I'm just not really sure that's what it'll be in actuality because this was not a 6-7 and team a year ago. They were more talented than that. Yeah, you know, the old Bill Parcells saying you are what your record says you are. I get that. But there were – I don't know if there was a 6-7 and team across the country that had a – well, I don't want to say a better resume because wins are wins and losses are losses, but – Oklahoma was not your run-of-the-mill six-and-seven football team. Five of those seven losses were by single digits, their final four losses of the year, all by a field goal. So I, I hate to echo Muleshoe, but they were close, a lot closer than people realized in 2022. And I think 2023 is the year where you turn close into there. And if you turn close into there, I think what you'll get is a team that's knocking on the door of a Big 12 championship. And so I don't view it as anything dramatically different 2022 to 2023. I think it just comes down to incremental, steady improvements across the board, especially on the defensive side of the ball. And if you get that, I don't know that you're leaps and bounds better than you were as a football team in 2022, but I think you are going to be leaps and bounds more successful when it comes to the win-loss column.
0: Yeah, it seemed like uh, there there was this buzz around the program after the Nebraska game, and they, they stuttered a little bit, you know, and they sputtered on offense. It was the uh, Kent State game, I think, is the one I'm thinking about uh, in the non-con. But then they went to Lincoln, and I, I know Nebraska scored an early touchdown, but Oklahoma completely dominated the rest of that football game, and everybody's thinking, man, here we go, here we go. And then Kansas State comes to town, and things change. and But there is a program – that kind of defines culture. Kansas State, right? And all the big plays in that game the Sooners didn't make, K-State did make. You know, whether it was a big kickoff return when uh, Oklahoma had the momentum or, of course, it was it 3rd and 16 or 3rd and 18, you know, when you had Adrian Martinez with a big scramble and the Sooners let him get free, and that's basically ball game. So it's, it's plays like that. The Sooners have to make a ton more of those plays that they didn't make in crucial situations. You would hope with uh, the guys they have coming back that have that experience have learned from that. And they have just better players coming in at some of those positions that will be able to make those plays, whether it's Desan McCullough or Rondell Bothroyd or Trace Ford, Reggie Pearson Jr., you know, Jacob Lacey. They've got a lot of options. I think, and a ton more depth that should make them better defensively. Am I I saying they're going to be the 85 Bears? Far from it. But, you know, they've got to be better than the bad news Bears that they threw out there last year in a lot of those games. All right, we're here at Cabins. Gary will join us a little bit later. And uh, 405-651-3439 is our text line. As we hear from the man in black going into break, we want to hear from you on our text line. We'll get to some of your texts when we get back here on the ref. We are back, Thursday edition, Steelman and Thune here on the Home of Sooner Fans. I am out here at Cabin's Group. They do a great job, fire, water, mold, remediation, and restoration. When you need emergency services and you need help and you need it right now, Caven's is the place to call. Emergency board up and tarping as well. Uh, commercial maintenance, roof replacement and repairs, roof inspections. Also, they do a fantastic job. I'm here in the conference room, and I still see all these awards in here every day. I don't know. I think I may have had one or two awards. Uh, the most annoying man on radio and uh, the uh, now the oldest man on radio, I think, are the two that I currently have. But Cavens, man, it looks like a Hall of Fame in here. And they do so much in the community as well. They've got a great reputation. We'll hear from Gary a little bit later. 405-573-3048 in the Norman, Oklahoma City area. 918-282-7612 in the Tulsa area. Parker Thune has the new news from the basketball portal. What do
1: you have, Parker? Well, former Denton guard and Utah Valley University transfer Latre Darthard is the latest addition for Porter Moser & Company. Averaged upwards of 16 points per game last year, was an all-WAC selection, so Granted, you know, mid-major guy, you take it with a grain of salt because you, th- you see how things panned out or more accurately didn't pan out with Joe Bama Seal last year. But the trade Darthard is the newest addition. He was on a visit to Oklahoma earlier this week, now locks it in with Porter Moser and company. And so at, as things stand, I believe Oklahoma only has one or two additional scholarship spots remaining on the roster. So Porter Moser is getting close to having a full cast of characters here. Another fun note about Latre Darthard. He made a brief detour at McCook Community College in Nebraska. So shout out to a fellow Cornhusker, even if he was only up there for a year. All right, so uh, two
0: mid-majors with him and uh, Javion Column from Siena and two from Power 5 conferences. uh, Rivaldo Soares, the guard from Oregon, and John Hewley the uh, big man from Pitt. So Porter has four in the uh, portal that he has in the fold now. So there you go. Porter Moser doing work. Now we'll see how it works out on the court. Were you surprised to see that Jacob Groves landed at uh, Virginia?
1: I, To be honest, yes, I was somewhat surprised just because Jacob Groves is not the most, you know – When it comes to playing defense, which is what you have to play on Tony Bennett teams, Jacob Groves is not exactly an impenetrable force. So maybe they just needed a guy with some length that could pop a three ball every now and again. I don't know. But, yeah, I was kind of surprised by that. My only question right now for Porter Moser and this OU basketball team is, you know, I I feel like Michael Scott yelling, where are the turtles? Except I'm yelling, where are the bigs? You got Josh Mm – or you got John Hughley. Which is great, but beyond Hughley, man, you're really counting on Luke Northweather to take the jump and be ready, and you're really counting on Sam Godwin to take another step forward. Uh, he obviously earned the scholarship about a month ago once the season ended, which props to him; he deserved it. But you know, it—do you have the type of reinforcement down in the paint? to make you confident that you can go toe-to-toe with the top basketball programs in the Big 12 and hold your own in that regard. I I don't know. That's still kind of my apprehension.
0: Yeah, and uh, you're only adding Houston to the mix next year. And we know the kind of job that Kelvin has done there. It's been uh, fantastic. but. It's going to be interesting to see what happens. Uh, Obviously, a huge year coming up for Porter Moser. There is no doubt about that. All right, 405-651-3439. Let's get to the text lines, here. what uh, the the ref army has to say today. They always have a lot to say, so what are we going to?
1: Oh, boy. Oh, no. Oh, boy.
0: That, That doesn't sound good.
1: Should we be worried about Peyton Bowen's girlfriend decommitting from Oklahoma? My answer to that is no. Whether or not Emma ends up coming to the University of Oklahoma and you know she's still going to consider Oklahoma, it's just as, as they work through the uncertainty of who their next coach is going to be, she decided to take a step back. Regardless of where she ends up, Peyton Bowen is at the University of Oklahoma for reasons beyond his girlfriend. And I know – People are going to say, well, girlfriends are undefeated, so if she goes somewhere else, why wouldn't Peyton just hit the portal? Because. (laughs) Jackson Arnold is his roommate, his best friend from high school. He loves Brandon Hall. His family's very content with having him in Oklahoma, and his younger brother Eli is is very heavily trending towards being a Sooner as well. All that to say, Steely, there are far more reasons for Peyton Bowen to stay put at Oklahoma than there are for Peyton Bowen to leave Oklahoma. So I I find it kind of annoying that this is a topic of conversation. I knew it was going to be, naturally. But no, no, it was all
0: over Twitter last night. That's when I looked on Twitter, and I was like, okay, I'm getting off.
1: Yeah, but Twitter. no, you should not be worried.
0: Well, and you said, for those just joining us, something that was very interesting, this really – could have more impact on Sooner wide receiver, five-star target, Bryant Wesco, who uh, has it has been thought for a long time is a pretty heavy Oklahoma lean, but his sister also, OU Soccer. And you think it could have a bigger impact there, right?
1: Yes, I would say so. Of the two whose recruitments have ties to the fate of the OU women's soccer program, I'd be more concerned about Bryant Wesco than I would about Peyton Bowen. That said, you look at the situation between OU and Wesco, once again, the kid has more reasons than just the presence of, well, in Peyton Bowen's case, a girlfriend, in Wesco's case, a sister. He has far more reasons than that to warm to the University of Oklahoma. One being, and I don't know that this gets talked about enough, Emmett Jones was the first Power 5 coach to offer Bryant Wesco when he was out at Texas Tech. Oklahoma, as a university, before Emmett Jones got there, was, I believe, the fourth or fifth school to offer Wesco long before he ever was the nationally acclaimed prospect that he is right now. So, all that to say, I my, my faith in Bryant Wesco's eventual commitment to Oklahoma has not been drastically shaken over the last 24 hours.
0: Yeah, and in the uh, last two, four, seven uh, national rankings, Brian Wesco is the number nine player in the nation, not a wide receiver in the nation, and that's very rare for a five-star wide receiver, even even for a five-star to be that high. So obviously, he has a lot of ability. Okay, four hundred five six five one at thirty
1: four thirty nine. Oh boy, when is Todd Bates going to recruit like Emmett Jones and Brandon Hall?
0: Well, he's got to do what, uh, you know, Alec Baldwin told the uh, salespeople in Glengarry Glen Ross, A, always be B, C, closing. Always be closing. You can't close everybody, but he's got to close a few of these this year, whether it's David Stone or uh, Will Winery or uh, Nigel Smith or Zadavian Sims. Uh, he needs to close, uh, you know, a couple of those. And you think he's got an excellent chance to do it. But, again, particularly, uh, you think uh, Stone and Winari uh, are going to go down the wire, right, in terms of usually a five-star defensive tackle, defensive lineman, takes a while. Th- those decisions don't happen quickly, maybe unless it's Georgia or Alabama.
1: I think they'll both be done by August. Really? Yes.
0: Uh, that's pretty early, but uh, they're going to uh, they're going to take some visits, right? And uh, that that's almost a certainty. More of those, and I know that Steve Wilfong said he thought Tennessee actually was probably in the lead right now uh, for Nunez. No- but uh, you still think Oklahoma, in your opinion, is maybe not the driver's seat, but in a good spot there. Yeah.
1: Now, uh, Latre Darthard, for those that are just tuning in, Utah Valley guard, all WAC selection on the hardwood this past year, just committed to Oklahoma via the transfer portal about 45 minutes ago. Brian in Tulsa wants to know, is that all we're going to get from a basketball standpoint? No. So there is another visitor on campus right now at Oklahoma, a guy that averaged eight points per game this past year, averaged 20 minutes a game for the national runner-ups. The San Diego State Aztecs Kashad Johnson, 6 foot 7 forward is on campus right now with Oklahoma. So that's another guy that you could potentially get in the fold. Keshad Johnson. No, get to know that name if you don't know it already. I reported that to OU Insider VIPs this morning that the Sooners were going to be hosting Johnson. He is in town in Norman as we speak. So Porter and company looking for at least one more guy to add to this roster before this spring window closes on May 1st.
0: There you go. All right, here at Cavins on a Thursday, Mike Steele along with Parker Thune. Obviously, Parker back in the Buffalo uh, Wild Wing Studios. We've got a lot going on today. TJ Eckert, KTUL-TV sports director, will join us on the Riverway and Casino Hotline coming up at 135. In the meantime, keep those texts rolling in, 405 651 3439. Coming right back on the Rep. Interesting question coming to me via Twitter and direct message. Kind of creepy. But we'll talk about it when we get back. Stay with us here on the ref. Back here at Cabin's. Good to have you with us, Cabin's group. Dot .com website they're all over facebook instagram and twitter Cavens group c a v i n s Fire, water, mold, remediation, and restoration, emergency board up and tarping, commercial maintenance. They'll do a great job of the roof, roof replacement and repairs, roof inspection. They are the very best in the business. We'll hear from Gary coming up here in a little bit. Always uh, a great thing to be out here at Caven's Construction. Riverwind Casino is where it's at, ladies and gentlemen, because you can win. You can win big out at Riverwind. You can always dine well. You will always be entertained with their promotions and concerts. We talked about what's coming. The Outdoor Concert Series, Beats and Bites, is back for yet another season. Presented by Coop Works. May 27th, we'll start with 38 Special and Blue Oyster Cult. June 10th, Gin Blossoms and Tonic. Mark Chestnut, Shenandoah, Tracy Bird on July 8th with a great fireworks show uh, that night as well. And August 26th, it'll be Gary Allen, Food trucks everywhere, all the best local food trucks are out there. It's a kid-friendly environment, games for the kids, arts and crafts, great food, great beer from Coop Ale Works, and a good time outdoors listening to some great music over at Riverwind. If you want to, if you prefer the indoor concerts, well, they're back at the Showplace Theater, June 23rd. Mark that date down on your calendar because Earth, Wind, and Fire – will be the first band to uh, jump on the Showplace Theater stage in over three years. We haven't had shows there because of the uh, pandemic, but they're back. Collective Soul will be there in July, July 21st. Josh Turner, July 28th. Gabriel Iglesias, the comedy of Gabriel Iglesias on July 29th. In August, we've got a couple really good shows. Dwight Yoakam, August 19th. Counting Crows, August 25th. Uh, REO Speedwagon, September 8th, and Chicago, September 15th. And that is just the start. More great bands and artists are coming to the Showplace Theater. It's going to be great to have the Showplace Theater back as a concert venue. Another reason why Riverwind is simply the best. All right, so I got this off Twitter from Romulus. Steely, you've always said Joe Washington is your favorite uh, Sooner player of all time. Who is your first favorite Sooner player? Well, that that's that's interesting, and I'm I'm glad I got a question like this because I was talking to Tyler McComas uh, yesterday. We were talking about this. My first favorite Sooner player was Greg Pruitt, Greg Dewitt Pruitt. I had the hello goodbye T-shirt. The uh, the '71 uh, Oklahoma football team was you know as a kid when I fell in love with Oklahoma football. The game of the century against Nebraska. Greg Pruitt. That year, when the Sooners were setting all kinds of rushing records, their wishbone was unstoppable. Pretty much, uh, you know, when you think about, you had uh, Jack at quarterback, Jack Mildred and Leon Crossway at the fullback, Joe Wiley at one half, and Greg Pruitt at the other halfback. Greg Pruitt that season finished third in the Heisman. Pat Sullivan won the award. The Auburn quarterback. They would go on and beat Pat Sullivan and that Auburn team in the Sugar Bowl after the season, in the bowl season. Uh, I think it was Ed Marinero of Cornell who was second, who had a stint in the NFL with Minnesota, uh, and then he ended up being a TV star. I think it was Hill Street Blues. Is that what he was on? Anyway, uh, and Greg Pruitt was third. Well, Greg Pruitt that season had just over 1,700 yards rushing, and he averaged nine yards a carry. Now, I – Is that still a record? I don't know. I'd have to look at the NCAA record books because it was for a while. Greg Pruitt averaged nine yards a carry that season. Almost the first down every time he touched the football. And if I'm not mistaken, he came to Oklahoma from the Houston area with uh, Wendell Mosley, who was an assistant coach at OU for a long time. And if I'm not mistaken, I believe – Maybe Mike Brooks or Stats Kelly or somebody can back me up on this. I think he came to OU as a wide receiver, if I'm not mistaken. Because, remember, they changed the wishbone. But Greg Pruitt would have been my first uh, favorite center player. So I like that question, Romulus. Thank you very much. All right, 405-651-3439. What do we have, Parker?
1: Well, let's see what the folks are saying on the text line. From the 806, I feel like my head is going to explode. Do people really not understand just how few elite interior defensive linemen exist? Or are they just complaining to complain? My apologies if I'm not supposed to use that word. I replaced it, uh, complain. and I used complain in place of another word. Mm -hmm. But my dad was a preacher, and he uses it now and then. Well, my dad's a preacher, too. Uh, I chose to substitute the word out, 806 listener, uh, so as not to toe the line with the FCC. But uh, yeah, that's I, I, I agree with the sentiment 100%. There are very few elite defensive linemen that exist cycle to cycle. And I hate that in the aftermath of the 2023 recruiting cycle, the narrative has become Todd Bates can't recruit. Todd Bates isn't doing his job. When we all know why Texas A&M got David Hicks and Bates lost a freaking Nick Saban for Jordan Renaud.
0: Yeah, y- you know, and I think that we, we look at five-star defensive linemen don't grow on trees. You know, there just aren't a lot of them out there. You can think of, uh, you know, who was the last? Was it Jamarcus McFarlane, the last one for OU? And you think of uh, Gerald McCoy, and you think of Tommy Harris. Uh, There just aren't many of them out there. And a lot of those five-star defensive linemen have been going two places, right? Georgia and Alabama. Uh, So, again, uh, Todd Bates is trying to land a really, really big fish with some of these guys, right? Uh, you know, he's not fishing for just uh like the uh, the the two pound two star bass. He's going for the five star, the one you mount up on the wall, and those are harder to close. Obviously,
1: yes, you're not lying. But I, I, I that said, I think this cycle, and we've talked about this, is gonna be where Todd Bates starts to close on some of these guys. And it's going to be where the narrative starts to shift, even though this narrative is completely obnoxious and bogus in the first place.
0: Well, we'll see uh, if he can get it done, and I think he will get it done with at least one of those guys, maybe more. And uh, maybe that uh, debate will come to an end. All right, we've got another hour to go. Stay with us right here on The Ref. Welcome in. It is the one o'clock hour, and we are ready to talk with the man here, Mr. Gary Cavins at Cavins Group. They do a great job: fire, water, mold remediation and restoration, emergency board up and tarping, commercial maintenance, roof issues. We've had some hail in the area here recently, lots of it, and uh, some of it pretty, pretty big and pretty damaging. Uh, they do a great job there as well, roof replacement and repairs, roof inspection. Chris Smith will get you taken care of, and uh, Gary is here to tell us what's going on. And with with all the wet weather and overcast, it's not drying out much. Is that,
2: is that a mold issue that can become a mold issue? It can become a mold issue. Anytime you have moisture that's um, uh, infiltrating the, the pocket of the home or the business, getting into the envelope. It definitely um, can affect uh, the mold growth. Um, it, all mold needs is moisture and um, it needs something to, uh, to eat. So what's a uh, wood paperback product such as sheetrock has paper on the back of it. Insulation has paper on the back of it. So, you know, that's all it needs and a little bit of water.
0: So mold is just looking to eat, like our puppies all the time over at our home.
2: That's right. It's just it wants to eat, it wants to get fat, it wants to get, you know, grow and get bigger and bigger.
0: Why can't mold go like low carb or something, or you know, why can't why can't you know do some fasting? That's that's what we need, right?
2: That's right, that's right, hundred percent. But I mean, if you have water intrusion in your home or business and you see some water spots and stuff like that, it's always good to get that fixed. Um, so we can do a water intrusion investigation and let you know what's going on. And then we can, if we see signs of mold or anything like that, we can let you know and then we can do a mold investigation too. You know, symptoms can be from sneezing, coughing, dizziness, fever, headaches, um, watery eyes, shortness of breath, um, you know, rash, migraines. All that can be caused by inhaling mold spores that are present in the air in your home or in your business.
0: That sounds like me right there. You guys may be coming over soon. I mean, uh, that that sounds like, okay, yeah, got that, got that, got that, that, that. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Why don't you guys come over here soon? All right, you guys are still busy with storm cleanup. With uh, We had, obviously, some some bad weather rolling through here not long ago, affected a lot of people, and I'm sure the cavens crews have been out there. I know there were last time we were here, and uh, trying to get people fixed and helped and uh, calmed down because in a situation like this, you guys a lot of times are their first contact, uh, you know, when they're just absolutely in panic mode because that your home is your biggest investment. You take so much pride in it, and all of a sudden, when you've got major damage, you need somebody to help, and that's why you guys have always been the, uh, the company to call.
2: A hundred percent, a hundred percent. You know, yesterday we got a call on a water intrusion. Um, a, business, a hair salon had been flooded. Um, the exterior wall, once we found out what, what, what was going on, we got over there. They had an inch of water throughout the salon. And what we had found is the exterior wall had decayed and the roof drain was coming down and getting on the concrete and the, the flow of it was allowing some of the water to get into the building envelope and go in through into the salon. And it was a significant amount of water. And uh, so we were able to do a temporary solution to get that water from going into the salon anymore. And then we were able to uh, set up our dry water extract, set up our drying equipment um, and get everything Then on top of that, we were able to help the salon move to a new location temporarily so they didn't have to shut down and they could continue to make money. So it was, you know, one stop does do it all because you call us, we can, we'll find the cause of it, we'll fix the cause of it, we'll extract the water, we'll set up structural drying equipment, we'll help you um, work with you to move your stuff to another location or whatever we need to do to help you continue to make money as a business and then we'll do the build back and clean up on the back end to get you back in your space and back open for business in your current space that you're in that had the emergency
0: there you go and you guys are always in training i know you you've been in training again your wife's in training in terms of trying to learn the very latest latest uh, issues on how to deal with this stuff techniques Ways to do the job better, you're always doing that.
2: 100%, 100%. I'm in in, uh, continuing education for mold this week. And Kathy, one of our office assistants, um, she is also in uh, training certification for fire losses. Um, And then we have Jessica VT, who's going to be in training for trauma and crime scene cleanup next week. And then Kathy will actually be in trauma and crime scene cleanup with her next week, training certification. So we're always uh, we're always learning. We're always developing. Um, in our industry, things are always changing. So you know, we try to take uh, the same classes every year and new classes every year too, uh, because things change and we want to be up to date with the uh, the best techniques to deal with insurance company, the best techniques to clean up your property and get your businesses and back to normal as quickly as possible. And that's really important to us and we train our team and we work on that every single day in every way we can. And we make a huge investment on equipment to help expedite those processes too.
0: Yeah, continually uh, learning is a very good process uh, in any situation. And it's kind of like, you know, I I know sometimes we're afraid of the Windows updates or whether it's Mac or whatever, and you're like, oh, man, I don't want to put this update in. But guess what? If you don't keep updating, eventually that computer's going to crash. But Gary and the crew out here, they are always looking at the best way to get the job done. They're already the best, but they want to stay on top of everything and the very latest uh, improvements in mold restoration, water remediation, and just wanting to make sure that they have the very latest information and technology. That's why they continue to stay on top. Gary, appreciate you. I know you're busy, but thanks for stopping by. Thank you so much. Absolutely. The one and only Gary Cabins. All right, uh, restoration. Speaking of restoration, the Colorado football program, 51 transfers. They have 13 scholarship players left from the roster was there before Dion. this is another uh extension of that uh the movie series the purge i don't know how many parts there have been in the purge but this is the purge primetime edition with Dion sanders and uh you know you've got the, some colorado players in and i gotta you know give me my game practice film or that and there's been some dispute as to whether or not they're doing that or not. One player even said, "Well, they say they're doing it, but they still haven't done it." But uh, is this going to work for Deion Sanders? It's way, way, way too early to think about you know an outcome yet. Yeah, just like it is with Brent Venable's. But Dion, when he got, we all saw the video, right? When he arrived on the scene. So I mean, you guys are gonna be packing your bags. He pretty much laid down the law. Here's what Dion Sanders said. Uh, with Pat McAfee about this whole situation and people talking about what the heck's going on in Colorado. Man, you, you know what's so funny about this? And I'm trying to choose my words because I'm a head coach and I can't just say what I feel. <laughs> Usually I do. Respect. But people got to be crazy to think this just happens. It don't just happen. You make it happen. <laughs> you, you, you know what you want. I don't pull up through a drive. I can't stand people who pull up through a drive through and don't know what they want. Before I get there, I know what I want. Smart. <laughs> right? I'm not. I'm not just making this stuff up as we go. We know what we want, and and I don't concede, man. I I, I don't settle. I know what I want, and I know I'm, what I'm going to get. There you go, Dion, with Pat McAfee, uh, Parker. What do you think of the uh, the Dion experiment so far?
1: I mean, I think it's way too early to draw conclusions. I'm not surprised to see this drastic roster turnover because this team went 1-11 last year. So, yeah, you know what? If they bring back 13 scholarship players, that might honestly be too many, Steely. Are there 13 players on that roster that are capable of playing the type of football that Deion Sanders and his staff at Colorado expects to play? Time will tell. But I also am not convinced that we're going to learn much about this team based on their performance in the year 2023 because you made the comparison between Brent Venables and Deion Sanders. I think that holds a lot of merit with as much as needs to be changed within that Colorado program. It is not going to be overnight microwave success. Colorado is not going to win the PAC 12 in 2023. Now, if they can be bowl eligible, I think that's a big step towards being able to go where they want to go in 2024 and beyond. But Deion Sanders is tearing this thing down to the studs because he has to. I am not surprised, nor should anybody be, to see this much attrition via the portal and to see Dion turning over the roster the way that he's turning it over. So this is about the long term, not the short term. And they will obviously win more than one game in 2023, but I do not think – it was ever realistic to expect that this Colorado team was instantly overnight going to be a contender for the Pac-12 title.
0: Yeah, and uh, look, Darian Hagan's not walking through that door right now. Neither is Cordell Stewart or Michael Westbrook, but some good players are going to be walking through the door pretty soon. And he's already got some that he brought with him, Travis Hunter, obviously, uh, from Jackson State, but Dion's personality is going to attract players to Boulder, and Boulder is a beautiful campus. Uh, Colorado has, you know, they haven't been there in a while, but there there have been some teams at Colorado, no doubt about it, uh, in the past. And uh, you think about when Bill McCartney was there, uh, you know that they had a run going, and um, I don't know. I'm I'm excited to see Colorado make a, a comeback. And maybe Dion can take down Yelcher. Now I would enjoy that very much, but uh, not this year, of course. But um, I don't know. I, I, I just think this is—we've kind of laid this out with Dion Sanders. It doesn't seem like there will be a lot of gray area here. Either it's going to be a colossal failure, or everybody's going to be talking about, you know, man. Colorado, what a move. Now, in terms of buzz around the program, it's already been a gigantic success. We saw their spring game crowd. We know that, you know, big time prospects out there, and I'm not saying every one of them, but more of them are picking up the phone and taking a call from Colorado now because of Deion Sanders. So if you had, I think it was a great move for them when you have a stagnant program like that, that again won one game last year that wasn't drawing flies. Uh, for home football games, and you've had a history of, you know, winning. Uh, you haven't sustained it uh, for long periods of time. But you've had that history. I think this was really a, a great hire for Colorado uh, in terms of trying to get some buzz back around the program. So we'll see how it works out. But that schedule, Parker, for uh, <laughs> for CU is pretty tough, especially right off the bat.
1: Yeah. And that's another reason why I don't think you can expect Colorado to win an 8, 9, 10 games in 2023. If they're bowl eligible, that's a great step. Yeah, a, oh, 100%. A huge step. And, you know, on the text line, people are saying, well, they'll win four or five games. And, yeah, look, again, you keep the expectations very, very reasonable in 2023 because of, especially as an OU fan, having witnessed what it takes to strip a program down to the studs and rebuild it from the foundation a year ago. You have to understand that what Dion's trying to do at Colorado is going to take time. All right,
0: we're here at Cabins on a Thursday. Always great to be out here. Gary and uh, the folks out here are just top-notch, and the job they do is second to none. Uh, you can call them here in the Norman, Oklahoma City area, 405-573-3048. Nine one eight two eight two seven six one two in the Tulsa area, cabinsgroup.com online. New commitment for the Sooners in football. New commitment for the Sooners in hoops. And Texas getting overhyped again. Imagine that. We'll talk about it next. Okay, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. We've got a little bit of controversy happening. I just saw the tweet from T.J. Eckert. I've been told my name was slandered this morning by Plank Show. My response coming up at 135 on the ref with Steely on Sports and Parker Thune, and he's got Stone Cold walking into the ring.
1: Oh, boy. I missed that. I didn't realize Plank and T.J. were beefing. I don't know that there was a serious beef involved. Oh no, it's but never a serious. I, I was
0: kind of half paying attention uh, at the time because I was working on some stats and everything when I heard it. So we'll ask TJ about it. So maybe we can get a cage match: uh, Plank and uh, TJ Eckert. But I don't think Plank has time for anything else in his schedule. The dude finishes one show and is driving to another all the time, all the time. Alright, uh, our Sooner Weekly, uh, update brought to you by Wade Electric. The schedule Friday, Saturday, Sunday for the OU women's softball team hosting Kansas. Be looking for a game to be moved up potentially because of the weather. Uh, later today, Plank was saying be advised on social media. I think the same thing for baseball. Uh, Tickets are sold out, obviously, for the Sooner women's uh, home softball game. There are tickets available for the OU Baseball Series coming up against KU this weekend at Eldale Mitchell Park. So both the Sooner softball team and the Sooner baseball team at home this weekend, Friday, uh, Saturday, and Sunday. Uh, for all your tickets, you can visit Soonersports.com. And this uh, Sooner weekly update brought to you by our friends at Wade Electric, your trusted electrical experts for your home or business Contact them at 405 329 1940. All right, Gary Patterson spent last season as a defensive consultant at Texas. He was on with the, our, our good friend Colin Cow. No, he's really not. Although I, I do think Cowherd, for what he does, does a good job. He's an instigator, but his interviews and his questions, and I think his, his opinions are well articulated. I will say that. Often wrong, but well articulated. Here is what uh, Colin Cowherd asked Gary Patterson, and here's the response. More. Hey, they're, they're hyping up Texas already.
1: RG3 did the spring game on TV for Texas. He said he thinks they can compete for the title. Can they? Do you believe they have the personnel? Well, I think with the freshmen
0: coming in, I think the biggest thing competing for a title is going to have to be is depth. You know, I think if they can stay healthy, I think that Alabama game is going to be a big game just because of perception. Yes. Uh, of playing well. Either winning or playing them close, because uh, I watched Alabama later in the year play against Kansas State, which we played in in the bowl game. So I think that's really important. But I think that they have they have an opportunity because they started three freshman offensive linemen yes. last year. Yeah, all those grow up. They've added some really good skilled players. Uh, they lost some running backs, but they've they've got some good young running backs. And I think their wide receiver core and the quarterback. It's you know, still like anything else. It comes down to uh, Evers' the quarterback making a difference at texas uh because if you're going to win a national championship it's really going to come down to the quarterback play yeah. and playing good defense so uh and they got we got better on defense last year did he say ears quinn ears quinn yeah, ears yes ears uh that's that's what i heard that's what i heard so uh you know texas uh, they did lose a guy who's going to be a, a more than likely a top 10 pick in the draft tonight, which is great for a running back and be John Robinson or at least going to be uh, around the top 15. But uh, what do you think comparing OU and Texas' rosters right now? How close are they? Is there a does Texas have uh, you know a depth advantage now? Certainly, it looks like they do to, a, to an extent, but what do you think looking at both rosters?
1: I find it difficult to believe that Sands, B. John Robinson, and Roshon Johnson, Texas is better. And (laughs) not only that, but for Gary Patterson to believe that Texas is a championship team, so what you're telling me is they're going to be measurably better without B. John Robinson and Roshon Johnson, I do not buy that one bit. I think this Texas team very much resembles the Texas team of last year that won eight football games. There you go. There you go. All right.
0: Uh, we're also uh, – tell me if we need to evaluate, reevaluate our uh, relationship with Cade uh, McFarland, who we really like here. And he's a frequent guest on the show. But he tweeted two hours ago, hot take I've been afraid to share, but the apparent state of SEC quarterbacking has forced my hand Lincoln Riley wins the college football playoff this year. I really, really hope this is freezing cold. You
1: know, we were sitting in the red room waiting for Brent Venables to emerge for his post-spring game press conference, and I was sitting with Caden, and he mentioned the same thing this past Saturday. He said, look, I think USC wins the national championship this season. And I have a hard time believing it, Steele. It. Look, it's, it's not a terribly far-fetched take. I want to emphasize that because I'm sure we'll get into this more in the two o'clock hour and locked in Alabama felt the need to bring in Tyler Buckner. Mm -hmm. I'm going to try to be nice with regard to Tyler Buckner. He is not the Alabama caliber quarterback that there are no doubt Bama fans are trying to convince themselves this afternoon that he is. There are some Bama fans that are squared with reality and going, okay, we're in trouble if this guy's our starter. Look, I've seen a lot of Tyler Buckner over the years. That dude's not going to cut it at Alabama, not for a championship team at least. And so if there is a window for Shoe at USC, again, it's this year. That's why he went and got Bear Alexander. That's why he's made all these additions on the offensive line in the portal this offseason. It's because he's pushing all his chips to the middle for a championship in 2023 because he has to. He has to. Now – Georgia loses Stetson Bennett. They lose the straw that stirred the drink. Alabama has to replace Bryce Young. Those two programs, Ohio State loses C.J. Stroud, right? They lose JSN. It is not complete upheaval, but it feels a lot like 2017, where the titans of college football are going to collectively head into a season where Nobody separates themselves from the pack, and so if there is an opportunity for USC to capitalize, it is right here in 2023 for so many reasons, but again, we go back to 2017, Steely, and if there was a year for Oklahoma to win the college football playoff under Mule Shoe, that was the year, and what happened? The defense was his undoing. It was Oklahoma's undoing. I expect it will be more of the same for USC.
0: Can you imagine how smug that son of a – it's going to be if SC wins a title?
1: No, I cannot. I don't want to imagine.
0: I mean, it's going to be absolutely sickening. But you're right. There is a window. There's a gleam in. It's not a good one. Um, I still don't think they'll do it, but when you're talking about, you know – having already clearly the best quarterback in college football coming back, the reigning Heisman Trophy winner. And if you can play some defense, now they still lose, you know, Travis Dye and Jordan Addison and guys like that. But, um, I mean, Dye is gone, right? Yeah, I think he's gone. Uh, but they're still going to be good. I mean, obviously Caleb Williams is the straw that stirs the drink there. And, yeah, this there could be an opening. I will not be able to deal with it. I can just tell you, if that happens, I will not be able to deal with it.
1: None of us will be able to deal with it, Steele. It'll be a miserable day in the Sooner State.
0: I might build a ramp right over there by Lake Thunderbird, like a ramp just to drive my vehicle 55 miles an hour over that ramp straight into the lake, and you'll never see me again. Can we do that live? Can we get a sponsor for that? Probably not. (sighs) Ah. All right, so Caden, we're still good with Caden then? I, I, yeah, the scary yes, thing yes, is – I know,
1: I'll give Caden a pass on that.
0: Okay. We need – can we send some money to fortify the troops in Utah? There's Here's, still room to get a few transfers in, right? But you still got Cam Rising and Kyle Whittingham back, and that that duo took down Mules, Shoe and Caleb twice last year.
1: For, text from the 308. Good gracious, I'm a rational person, but I will sell my kidney and get some voodoo dolls if that would somehow turn the universe to keep mule shoe and fingernails from winning a championship. <laughs>
0: mule shoe and fingernails, I love it. Good stuff. All right, get got a break right here. What is this beef? To we, is there a beef between Plank and uh, TJ Eckert? I mean, I didn't think Plank had. Well, Plank does have a beef with uh, the text line every now and then, as do I. He hasn't gone on one of his Dikembe Matumbo blocking sprees, though, in a while. So we'll find out what's up there when we get back. T.J. Eckert joins us on the Riverwind Casino Hotline. We'll do that next here on the Home of Sooner Fans. Yes, we are. T.J. Eckert, KTUL-TV, joining us on the Riverwind Casino Hotline. I'm here at Cabin's Construction, Parker back in the Buffalo Wild Wings studio. Now, again, I was saying maybe we could set, a, set up a, a cage match between Plank and T.J. Eckert. I'm no, not sure I, what the beef's all about. I don't know. Well, but we should I should
1: probably, that- like right off the bat, we just need to give the floor to T.J. to explain mm. his side of the story here because I have no idea what the beef is about either.
0: You know, I was sitting right here, and Plank asked me about uh, your man in Tulsa. Way well, he forgot, and I said, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." TJ Eckert, and he said, uh, I, "I'm not sure what it is about." So, TJ, what is the story?
3: So, I've I've been told this by a, a few different people today, uh, loyal listeners of your show, some family. So it's gotten to my family, which means that you know this has become personal with me and Chris Plank. Uh, apparently. Uh, I was slandered. I was called the Bixby guy, the Bixby quarterback or something. Apparently I <laughs> broke the news of the Tulsa OU softball schedule changing. Plank was not having any of it. So
0: that was it.
3: I wanted to voice my side. Uh, maybe throw a little trash talk in there. Um, I was told that Chris Plank was a former KTUL sports intern, which I think is interesting that he uh, is coming at the uh, KTUL sports director. But, uh, you know, it is what it is. There you go, uh, ladies and gentlemen. I want to make sure I I get something clear, though, Steely. I did not put out – I did not break the news. We got a press release from Tulsa Softball telling us that the game time had changed, and then I tweeted it out. So it just so happens I beat the Twitter feeds to the post. That's all it was. That's all it was.
0: Well, I know I've always heard Plank say I'm the last one to know. You can tell he's very frustrated by that. He's the last one in the loop, and he's the voice of the Sooners softball program. So maybe that that plays into it a little bit. But like That's I said, fair. if we got a match together, Plank would never have any time because his schedule is booked twenty four seven. I mean, Part if he's not work, doing a radio me. show, one of his twelve radio shows, you know, he's he's helping out with the kids and golf lessons or what? You know, he's he, the man has zero time. I don't even think he sleeps. Uh, I really don't. So it's pretty amazing. All right, what do you make of uh, how the Sooner fans reacted to the Paul Feinbaum uh, soundbite we played the other day, you know, where it sounded like, and, again, we had Barry Trammell text, (laughs) text, I never talked to Paul Feinbaum off the air. Uh, You know, he'd been on his show, I think, once or twice. Other than that, that's it. But what did you think of that that whole uh, situation?
3: Yeah, honestly, that was my first. That was my prediction. Was was who uh, Feinbaum talked to was Barry Trammell. So love Barry. I just assumed that's who it was. Uh, my guess was that Barry probably or whoever it was. I don't want. We can't assume it's Barry. We don't know what it was. But my guess is that whoever he talked to said something like, "Some people might be a little concerned about the direction of the program," and that turned into Feinbaum saying, "The entire state of Oklahoma and the Sooner fan base is concerned with the direction of Oklahoma," or whatever. However, he blew it out of proportion. So. You know, it's it's so funny, Steely, because, you know, if OU fans can't handle Feinbaum talking a little offseason smack when when the Sooners are in the Big 12, I just wait for when OU joins the SEC. And like we talked about last time, we spoke about, you know, what are expectations like for OU eventually when they get there, and we threw around 8-4. and four. Like if OU goes 8-4 and four their first year in the, in the SEC, just imagine the, the storylines that Feinbaum's going to draw up. Uh, in March or April of 2025, or whatever it is, whenever they are getting ready for year two. So, yeah, I you know much to do about nothing. Just a nice way to make get some clicks when you know it's a dead time and in off season football. So, uh, but that's what he does, and he's good at it.
1: TJ, maybe this is just because we live in our Oklahoma bubble and we're not as exposed to the discourse uh, across other markets and other fan bases around the country, but it. My perception, and you tell me if I'm wrong here, my perception is that there seems to be much less chatter about Texas and the challenges that they will face adjusting to the SEC than there is about Oklahoma and the challenges that they will face as a program. you think that's inaccurate, or if, if not, why is that?
3: Well, uh, for starters, I, I'm obviously in the same Oklahoma bubble as you, so but I, I, I hear the same things. I mean, you don't – I think that the, the – the whatever the narrative on Texas is is kind of joking about them being back every year like that's the only thing I think I ever see or hear from national media about Texas other than them it seems like every year being overrated like it seems like the national media always thinks always kind of thinks Texas is back and so I feel like I would have to agree it doesn't seem like there is that same oh you know Texas has struggled these last few years in the Big 12 how are they how's that going to translate over when they get to the SEC it feels like they're it feels like the national perspective is that Texas is better equipped and ready to make that jump over Oklahoma. That's 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 the feeling I get as well. And again, you know, if we're living in Austin, if we're living in in, in Texas, and and we were around Texas media, maybe we would be getting more of those storylines coming out similar to what we hear about OU. But I, I'm I'm in complete agreement. It feels like. The narrative is that OU is ill-equipped and ill-prepared to come into the SEC and play. And, and I, I mean, I disagree. I think OU is probably better suited than Texas is. Uh, but, again, we're, we're in our Oklahoma bubble, and maybe we're just missing out on those storylines. I don't know.
0: What were your uh, main takeaways from the Sooner Spring game?
3: Yeah, well, first off, it was good to be back on the field and, and seeing those guys running around. It was great. I, I, I try my best to hold back any strong takes from a spring game because, you know, it's basically just glorified inner squad, but it is nice to be able to see the guys running around on the, on the playing field, the main field with fans in the stands and refs on the field. So that's great. It was kind of my first time Steely to see the defense with in, in terms of in live bullets in terms of them running around, making plays and, and tackling. And I know they weren't tackling the quarterback, which was a debate for another day, but uh, I really was impressed by the transfers that I got to see kind of for the first time up close and personal with the Saw McCullough and Reggie Pearson, Reggie Pearson, especially, you know, I think McCullough has gotten a lot of the love at least here locally, because he seemed to be around the ball a bunch, but Reggie Pearson made some really good plays coming downhill from the safety position and then made some plays in pass coverage as well that I was impressed with. So I thought that was nice to see having a guy that's willing and able to come downhill from the third level. That's big. That's huge, and it's big in a, in a Brent Venables defense. So uh, I, I think that was a, that was nice to see. Will it translate? I hope so. Uh, but that, that was great, having some experience there. And then obviously pe- people love the Peyton Bowen play uh, with the interception. I thought that was great, too, in terms of you know locating the receiver, getting his eyes turned around, and then going up and being a receiver as opposed to just trying to bat the ball down. So all my biggest takeaways and all my biggest love from the spring game was all on the defensive side. I thought there was a bunch of guys that really played well. Thoughts on the
1: addition of Brennan Thompson, TJ, and what he can bring to this Oklahoma offense with that elite track speed?
3: Yeah, I think it's something that that this Jeff Levy offense needs. And, and you know, we talked a lot last year about utilizing Marvin Mims. I feel like they did a pretty good job of that. But the question was when he left, who was going to take that role? I think Andrew Anthony is the guy that that people assume would be him. But Brennan Thompson's just another guy you can throw in. And, you know, I, I don't – he doesn't strike me as the kind of guy that's going to be like a possession type receiver who's going to have four, five, six catches a game and, you know, push for 100 catches on the year. But he's a guy that can absolutely take the top off of the defense. And and just the threat of him being there, I think, helps open up the guys who will probably be the 70, 80, 90, 100 catch guys, like a Farouk or a Drake Stoops or whoever those guys are that kind of slide in. So, you know, if, if he comes out this year and, and plays significantly and has 20 catches, people will be like, well, that was... You know, that was a lot of hype for nothing, but it's a lot of what he does getting other guys open and then pay attention to the yards per catch. Like, those are the stats I think are important when you bring in a guy with that type of speed. All
0: right, TJ, before we let you go, uh, it was Jimmy Dugan who said in the league of their own, there's no crying in baseball. And uh, last night, Giannis said there are no failures in sports. Do you agree with Giannis?
3: (laughs) It's it's an interesting debate because – you're the one seed in the in the in the East. You're expected to to make it to the finals. That was kind of your expectation all year. So not doing that would could be deemed a failure. I I don't frame the season as a failure. Other than other, I say a failure to reach your goal. Like I don't know if that's just saying the same thing with more words. <laughs> I don't know. But if if not winning the championship is a failure, then that would imply that every team that doesn't win the finals this year failed this season. So. I think I, I agree with his reasoning. Um, I think we're probably all saying the same thing in that their goal this year was to win the, ch- the championship. They didn't win that, so they failed to reach their goal, which is probably considered a failure. Uh, but, you know, I, I think it's just, I think it was just the way he said it that made it seem so eloquent uh, that people are kind of jumping on board with him, which is fine. Um, but to, to sit here and say losing in the first round is a good thing, or, you know, I, I, I just disagree. I, I I won't go as far to call it a failure. I'll just call it a failure to reach the goal if you hadn't placed at the beginning of the
0: season. Yeah, and I'm going to go failure only because you're the one seed. You lose in five games. Right. Tyler Hero's out for the rest of the playoffs. And I know Giannis missed a couple games, but you had two yep. huge fourth-quarter leads. It's based on what your expectations are. And your expectation yep. is a one beats an eight. You know, we've had a few instances of that in the playoffs, but it's few and far between. And to be, uh, you know, usually that comes down to the final game of the series in Miami. Again, with Jimmy Butler playing like that guy who used to wear number 23 in this series, uh, wins it in five games. Hey, TJ, I appreciate your time again. We'll talk to you again soon. Thank you.
3: You bet. Thanks, guys. Look forward to taking Chris Plank out to Coney Islander next week when he comes to Tulsa.
0: There you go. See, (laughs) extending not an olive branch, but a nice hot dog. (laughs) Branch. nothing wrong with that all right we got to get out of here for uh, this segment again uh, we'll tell you about the uh, new commitments well uh for the sooner fans zion kearney the uh, wide receiver out of missouri city texas and a basketball commit today uh through the portal today again
1: for oklahoma as well parker correct latre darthard courtesy of utah valley university by way of mccook community college in nebraska
0: there you go. All right, we're going to break. When we get back, some final thoughts here at Cayman's Construction. And uh, the NFL draft is tonight. Will Anton Harrison go in the first round? That would be the only Sooner to have his name called in the first round. You would think, man, I don't think Marvin Mims would go tonight. I think he's going second, third round, but I guess you never know. We'll talk about that more when we get back. Back here at Cabins, you have an emergency issue. You need uh, work done, whether it's fire remediation or restoration, water or mold remediation or restoration. You want to call the best? Call Cabins. Cabins Group will get it done for you, get it taken care of. They are the best in the business. There is no doubt about it. They're like 97 Tiger. There is no doubt. No doubt. Well, in Tiger for many, many years but cavensgroup.com uh, is the website the numbers to call 405 573 3048 in the Norman Oklahoma City metro area in Tulsa 918 282 7612 they will do great work for you riverwind casino so many things to do, so many great promotions out there, dining options. You can make a weekend at Riverwind if you're coming from a, you know, remote area of the state. Obviously, it's not that long of a drive, but if you're listening to us out of state, Riverwind Casino, great dining. They've got the River Buffet with all those great options, steak night Friday, seafood on Saturday, brunch on Sunday, uh, your comfort food, everything you would expect the rest of the way. Over at the River Buffet, and then a great little pub restaurant and chips and ales, and a tremendous food court. Plus, they have a world-class hotel attached right there to the casino. They've got over 2,800 electronic games. They have all your favorite table games. They have a big-time, super-classy poker room. They've got everything. And great promotions like the new member seven program. You get yourself a Riverwind wild card. It won't cost you a dime. You could upgrade to a leader premiere, yes, but the uh, Riverwind wild card will still be a great asset for you at Riverwind. The new member seven program, you can win up to $450 in your first 24 hours with a Riverwind wild card. It's going to help you in all the random hot seat drawings, just – play with your wild card, rack up those points. they will know uh, you know that uh, you're there with the wild card uh, you know you have it in the electronic gaming machine. you could hear your name called in any of the great promotional drawings, the random hot seat drawings and you could win. you could be sitting there winning on a, on a machine. My lot my wife and my wife, Shay loves to play open the vault and she always wins. But she could be sitting there playing and also hear her name called in a random hot seat drawing and win a bunch of cash. They just gave away a bunch in the 30K nest egg winnings promotion recently. A bunch of people won $400 in hot seat drawings just by hearing their name called. And then a couple grand prize winners both won over $1,200 each. Riverwind Casino, simply the best. Okay, Parker, some final notes. Uh again, the Sooners now have 6 commitments in the 2024 class, and the latest is a wide receiver out of Missouri City, Texas. Tell us all about it.
1: Yes, yeah, Zion Kearney Hightower High School down in Missouri City, top 100 overall player in the country, number 64 player and number 12 wide receiver in the nation per the 24/7 Sports Composite. Huge feather in the cap early in the cycle for Emma Jones. He locked in his pledge this morning. The second wide receiver commit of the 2024 cycle for Oklahoma, and now all eyes turn towards the Sooners' recruitment of Bryant Wesco as they looked as they looked to cap off their haul at receiver in the 24 class with the five-star out of Midlothian, Texas. So Zion Kearney now becomes the highest-ranked commit in Oklahoma's 2024 class, for the moment at least. I know it's early, but uh, Sooner's trending very nicely there.
0: All right, there you go. Hey, we have to shout out a dude who has done an unbelievable job, and that is Ryan Hibble, the OU golf coach. They absolutely obliterated the field in Hutchinson, Kansas to win the Big 12 championship yesterday. Now, Oklahoma had the lead, but on the front nine, Texas Tech got to within six shots of Oklahoma. They're at Prairie Dunes. On the back nine, the Sooners shot one over, Tech shot 17 over. So they responded, man. They absolutely responded. Ryan Hibble's already won a national championship, back to back Big 12 championships. You know what kind of program Oklahoma State has been in golf. Uh, you know, if not the best, certainly one of the best. I guess the maybe the top two would be Oklahoma State and then Houston back in the day when they had it rolling. But uh, Ryan Hibble has done a tremendous job. He's a great dude. He, uh, you know, he's big in the community. He can recruit, obviously can coach these guys up. They're doing it right at OU. And, again, um, just congratulations to the Sooner Men's Golf Team for winning the Big 12 title again. Okay, uh, basketball tonight, one game, Boston at Atlanta, 730 on TNT. Trey Young and his miraculous 35-foot three-point shot the other night in Boston sent this game back to game six. Uh, in Atlanta tonight, we'll see if the Celtics I, – I think the Celtics probably close it out tonight. Uh, Golden State with a big one at Sacramento last night. Steph didn't shoot it well from three, but still had 31. i tell you, it was big last night. Off the bench was Draymond. He played a great game, 21 points, seven assists off the bench. Uh, the Lakers lost in Memphis. Golden State, by the way, obviously can go back home and uh, wrap this up, the Sacramento series uh, coming up this weekend. And then, of course, what can you say about Jimmy Butler. The story of the playoffs so far, unreal. Jimmy Bus Butler won. Austin Reeves number two. Well, maybe not two, but you know. But spectacular in the uh, failure again in the fourth period by Milwaukee. Uh, you know, like I said, I, and look, I love Giannis. I love his attitude. I love his game. Obviously, he needed to shoot free throws better again last night. That's been an issue for him. But um, you know, that was a failure. They're the one seed. You don't lose to an eight seed. An eight seed without Tyler Hero, who got injured out for the series, and you blow two really big fourth-quarter leads. They were up 16 going into the fourth quarter. It's all right to say you failed. What's Brent always say, hey, you know, you got to fail before you succeed? You've heard that forever and ever. And, again, based on the expectations of the Milwaukee Bucks, that is a failure in all caps. Old people like to, you know, deal in old caps, and I'm one of them. All right, we got to get out of here. Thanks to Gary, Amanda, the crew out here, always great, super professional. We've got locked in coming up next. Everybody have a great rest of your Thursday. Keep it here on the Home of Sooner fans.